Hey, girls and gays. Hey, girls and gays of the world. That was good considering we just woke up. Honestly, and like... <laughs> considering the coronavirus is on our doorstep and I'm feeling I'm depressed. I know. That's not true. You're not feeling... Anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of I Said, I said What I, I Said. said. I'm your host, Mukundwa. I'm your co-host with the most, Nyakwezi. This is a podcast where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be. And where we are and where we want to be. We are two sisters living together in Johannesburg, South Africa. Two twinsies separated by years. Two besties separated by one, a bedroom. I'm dead. And we are Ugandan. <laughs> is that, yeah, maybe that's necessary. Okay. Okay, so let's jump right into it. We have four topics we want to discuss today. It's yeah. going to be a chit-chatty episode. Um, a lot of you are losing sleep over coronavirus that I might call, co- I call it coronavirus sometimes. I'm not going to correct myself. Why? Yeah, I heard you say that and I thought... Yeah, my tongue just does that. I'm not going to stop. So just be aware it's the same thing. Okay. Okay, so I asked people what's on your mind on my Instagram story and... Do you want to tell them what the four topics are? Should we just launch into this is topic one and then surprise them as we go? What do you want to do? Should we just say them? Yeah. One, coronavirus. Two, love. Three, workplace. Four... More work things. No, four is retirement early. Retiring early. Done. Okay, I asked on my Instagram story what's on your mind and this is what people said. People overreacting to the coronavirus and the penchant for hysteria in response to crisis. White people taking the coronavirus to Africa. Passport privilege. Screaming. That is so true and so unfair. Uh, Someone else said, how to not be extra about the virus but simultaneously preparing. Mm. Oh, just those three. Someone else said dirty dancing's on their mind. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I, I love our followers. There was a lot of imminent death by capitalism as well. So nothing new there really. I just feel like so many of these things are just like buzzwords or buzz or catchphrases. And maybe it's because I don't understand them. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Explain more. I don't know. Like, yeah, capitalism's gonna ki- capitalism's going to kill us. But what's our alternative? Life's going to kill us. Like, I just... Can we move? I there don't know. There are loads of alternatives. Yeah, I just feel like... <sighs> Let's move for or let's let's move forward. Like let's be more specific or nuanced or or let's direct our lives in different ways. We exist under capitalism full stop. We're never gonna end it. Not in our lifetimes and not in our children's children's lifetimes. So like let's let's move on. Like I, I just I'm getting tired of that. Explain what you mean by move on. Let's what's the frustration? I think the frustration is that I often see it end there. Um, you know, capitalism's gonna eat you, boom. And there's no like follow, there's no follow up to that. There's no, but what, what is that? So what does that mean for how I live my life now? Cause mm. I'm still going to be living in capitalism and engaging in capitalism. Do I do it differently or, um, and maybe it's cause I haven't, look, I am the no research queen and maybe it's cause I haven't done any work to research that and to understand, um, if people are suggesting how to survive or thrive within capitalism, knowing that it's it's um, a terrible system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yes. So you don't, okay, so you don't like the shorthand of um, capitalism is trash, but no follow through. Yeah, hmm. because it's where we are. Okay, I understand. I think that's like a personal preference. Yes. And yeah, there's no, there's no right answer. I do think you 
Well, we're going to talk about the idea of retiring early. The fact that you want to leave that rat race already shows that you have a disinterest in cat- capitalism's stronghold yeah. on your time. Yeah. Uh, so you get it um, experientially. So that's interesting that you're just fed up of like the talk. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. I, so we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I don't have a problem with it because I think capitalism can be dismantled. Um, people don't want too bad enough. Uh, I think we can also be uncomfortable by something and still participate in it by, not by force, but by, um, I guess, peer pressure or just like peer norms. Mm. So you can opt out of capitalism. It's not comfortable or, or you, or you just, you're not willing, but you could. And if you don't want to, but you want to complain still, that's also okay. True. I don't really see a problem with that. I think if anything... I agree that there's some buzzwords, the more we use certain words, the more they dilute them. So we talk about nuance. The words that I think we've talked about a lot in 2019 were capitalism and nuance. Mm. And I think both of those things have become a bit watered down. Yeah. And I think we're, we're losing the like critic, the criticalness mm. um, of how we discuss them and how we discuss how we experience them. Right. But I think using them in itself still brings us closer to understanding what those things are mm. and un- understanding they exist. So I don't think, I'm, I don't have too much of a problem with it, but I do understand the exhaustion of, um, I, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. But that also ties into coronavirus. So yeah. there's a panic. The Australians have outdone themselves again. Claps, is that slow not, claps. Isn't that unfair? Is it? I don't know. Are you, well, so... You've all gone out and stockpiled toilet paper. And there's a video of a literal, she must be 80, with, you know how 80-year-olds have thin wrists, like they're now small (laughs) people, they become small. This buxom, like, definitely like 38-year-old fighting with this older woman for the last, like, thing of toilet paper. And then some youths come in the thing and start screaming like, Jesus, just toilet paper, guys. And then eventually the the, the woman lets you, the older lady it's Just have it. toilet paper? Is you going to... Well, look, what's happening is, for whatever reason, and this hysteria has happened in other countries too, where people are stockpiling toilet paper. And part of the hysteria is there's not necessarily any rhyme to their reason but it's that if my neighbor on my left is and my neighbor on my right is if everyone's going mad for toilet paper then surely there's some reason and i should too and that's how hysteria works is that the you know you lose the the underlying reason why but you just follow the crowd because there's fomo you'd rather just be safe and stockpile than not and find out everyone had done it for a reason Mm. so the reason i find that really interesting is just how irrational our responses have been to coronavirus with the racism with the st- basically doing everything backwards with getting hand sanitizer with um toilet paper when all these things just aren't at the forefront of what we should be doing right and how the hysteria can be a learning experience is that it shows us that how how futile borders are and that like the idea of a nation state and it being divided by a literal border and a passport means nothing. Like the coronavirus isn't like, oh, right, no, sorry, you didn't have a Chinese visa, nor did you go to China, so McConnell will leave you alone. Like, shame. That's not how it works. Like, viruses, health is a global issue and we treat it like a national one. Mm. And how different countries treat their citizens and their healthcare affects all of us. And now it's showing. That's so And this true. person saying, you white people want the coronavirus to Africa. <laughs> Um, that's what they're talking about is that 
for all the privileges we don't get from mm. developed countries, we have to take your quote unquote problems or we have to, whatever starts there, if there's a muck up on your land, it affects us all the time. Mm. And it's really interesting because part of it is hygiene about how you maintain hygiene, especially of your hands. First, we had people not washing their legs. That was last year. That was on Twitter. A whole thing about that. They weren't washing their legs? Yeah, it was a poll. People were like, wait, do you guys wash your legs in the shower? And what? A lot of people were like, no, we don't. A lot of people were like, yes, what? we do. Yeah, people just let the soap kind of, the, the suds just run down and that's about it. Um, so we just... Offline, can we talk about the demographics so I can avoid quick? Well, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, you'd be quick to point at specific demographics, but I just think... While that's historically probably true, I just don't know. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, but more than anything, what's interesting about this is that people with darker skin and black people specifically, we've always been teased and been anxious about our mm. hygiene because we were told we were dirty because we were darker. And so if anything, darker people are extremely OCD and like, I think aggressive to a fault with their personal hygiene and their home's hygiene. And now all of that and we're still being kind of caricatured and characterized as the people who would who should be the ones carrying the virus Mm. but interestingly in africa like that's not it certainly isn't a widespread problem here yet and like part of the hysteria is i feel um the fact that the first cases of this strand of coronavirus originated in china i feel like the under the overtones are finally those communists to find a way to like kill us like they've finally done it they're finally they're finally getting us by the throat and it's been a racialized it's really complicated but i think the hysteria i hope that through the hysteria we can interrogate the idea of borders race cleanliness and how public health is a public concern a global Mm. concern so i don't know someone asked how do i avoid panic but prepare i think you just do the things that are sensible that scientists are saying you should do um and I don't know if panic is a problem as long as it doesn't result in hysteria. Like I'm, I'm concerned, but to be hysterical mm. and to stockpile or to be racist isn't how that should manifest. Yeah. I think there's a difference in panic. Panic is okay. I think we should be concerned. The influenza, right? The common flu kills more people a year. Coronavirus has, they estimated, but it's around a 2% death rate anyway. It's not mm. that high. Uh, but it's because this is a middle, this becomes also a, kind of a middle class problem Mm. where it's on planes it's now you bought your cruise from hong kong and like that's now that's concerning because you have to cancel that or you can't come back to south africa so it's affecting people who are able-bodied and have money too Mm. and things like hunger that kill more people that's not really an a middle class and above and able-bodied issue so it's interesting that we're now concerned because it's not there are no racial geographic um, and class borders in the way that a lot of other viruses and mm. diseases have. So that's why there's that panic is that it affects all of us now. It's not like AIDS, which is just for the gays. It's not hunger, which is just for the blacks. It's actually now all of you flying business class, Naomi with her wipes in the plane, it's all of us. It's mm. coming for all of our necks. But also obviously people with compromised immune systems, which again, no, like, are we talking about that? It's like people over 70, young children, people with asthma and diabetes, people who have compromised immune systems. But like, again, the science is out the window because what is science and who is science anyway? Thanks to Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, wow. That was really well put. I'm quite surprised, Mukunda. As in, I didn't, yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that way. Yeah. 
because I was trying to think, well, why are we so concerned? I mean, HIV has a high, like, why, why this? I know more people who don't have, who have sex without condoms in the UK because they really don't think HIV is like a British issue. And it's just wow. not a concern. And being Ugandan, obviously we have some of the highest rates in the world. That's always like a thing. Yeah. So that's very interesting, isn't it? Like what we consider, how yeah. we race, how we identify, how we, um, what's that word? When you add human qualities to you, it. Humanize? No, no, no. To, that's such a good word anthropomorphize and oh god anyway how we yes how we prescribe a human identity to certain diseases will get us killed anyway yeah yeah god threw a curveball he was like yeah you really thought how about take this the snakes did it for you yo how do you feel about coronavirus i mean you work largely from home i work in an office space with hundreds of people. So it'll be me bringing it to you. If yeah. It happens. So how I feel is you're my biggest threat. And I would like to mitigate that. By? Threat. By what? By, you, I'm literally, I'm putting you through, you know, in space movies <laughs> where you go through that like quarantine chamber yeah. and the gas. Clear. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the doors are. Open. That's what's happening. You and Luca, as you walk in through the door. <laughs> we don't have the finances to, <laughs> to put no, that in No, I'll be house. standing there with like a fire hydrant type um, cleanser. And I'll just douse you every time you walk in the door and it'll be fine and then you stay until you leave the next day fascinating so now outside of the cartoon world are you concerned well yes i am only because um yay capitalism it it, you know if i do get sick it stops me working although i'm healthy buxom i'm really not in any of the demographics that would that could die from the coronavirus Mm. but if it's still like a really bad flu I'm down and out and I'm not working and there's no like, I don't have sick leave. I don't have, you know, paid. Yeah, paid. uh, uh, I'm not paid for what I don't work. So that's that's honestly my only concern is that if I do get sick and, you know, for an extended period of time, maybe, you know, up to a month, uh, that's a month of earning no money. And that that's all. That's actually my fascinating. But then my other concern is like both our parents either have you know, diabetes or asthma and they're in that category that, mm. you know, and they're older. So, you know, they could be affected. Man. But isn't that just, imagine fearing getting sick because then you can't work because then yeah. you don't have money. Yeah. Like that's, we just do so many things backwards and I really want to know who signed off on this. Like, yeah. I just can't believe this is our lives. Yeah. It's, it really is wild. Mm. And I think, I mean, and this will come back when we talk about fire and that's what informs that for me is trying to get out of that stronghold of someone else's terms on about how reality should be, which is completely wild. I've never, it's never made sense to me that we work five days of our week. Well, should we talk about that now? Okay, sure. Let's discuss fire. Okay, so fire means financial independence, retire early. I'm going to put a link to other podcasts in our description. Or maybe I should put that behind a paywall. If you send me a dollar, I'll send you the link. (laughs) That's how that's going to work. So the idea is, and I'm reading from Google now, it's a financial movement defined by frugality and extreme savings and investments. By saving up to 70% of your annual income, FIRE proponents aim to retire early and live off small withdrawals from accumulated funds. So essentially, you... You save up to, there are different figures. I know you save up to 300 times what you live on. Mm. So if I live on 20,000 rand a month, I think that's 6 million rand I have to save up. Once you put that into investments that uh, obviously give you a... You get interest on investments. Right. Then you live off that interest. So you save 300 times your 
what you live on, you live off the interest for the rest of your life. What that would mean is you have to save aggressively. So just some figures. Financial planners would suggest saving 10 to 15% of your salary. That would take you ages. It would take you nine years to save one year of your living expenses in retirement. So if you save 15%, it takes you nine years to save just for one year in retirement, right? If you save 10%, it takes you nine years. Yeah. 10%, yeah. Um, if you save 75%, then it would take you 0.33 years of work to save for one year of living expenses. Does that make sense? It would save a third of, if for every third uh, of a year you work, you save for a full year in retirement. Now that's extreme. You have to be willing to live on 30% of your income. So it's, it's an extreme savings. It's difficult, right? But people do it. Um, it's really interesting. There's an Australian podcast about it. Uh, oh, podcast episode is also one in SA. It's nice to listen to one that's within your like country because then it's applicable. The same financial products that you might have in Australia or in, in America or in SA, they're talking about. So I'll link those. Mm. But this is something Yak's been interested in. And I'm curious as to what it sounds like a no brainer, but I'm curious as to why you'd be interested in retiring early. <laughs> like, what's this? Um, because I am tired of the status quo. There are so many things that I think I'd like to do with my time mm-hmm. um, that I know I don't do because of uh, because I'm limited financially. And um, I think that the current system is absurd. Um, and who made it anyway, and nobody asked me if I agree, and I don't have any other options. So FIRE does feel like another option. Um, Really, the answer being, I don't need to work anymore, therefore I can do what I want. But you're out of the... What system are you in? Do you feel like you're in? I mean, you freelance, you work from home. But if I stop working... So I don't work from home because it fulfills my soul. I work from home because it's the best of a bad option. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I hear Honestly speaking, so... I don't do this because if I could do anything, if I could close my eyes and do anything and money wasn't an an issue, this is not what I'd be doing. Mm. You know, I'd be doing other things. And I do understand that there is also the fallacy of um, the grass is greener on the other side and thinking that when things are different, if things could only be different, they'd be better. And trying to chase that uh, elusive dream, or maybe not elusive, but trying to chase that dream and then arriving there and realizing, oh, it's really... I could have been doing this while in my job or whatever. I do realize that there is that, but I also just, I want to try something else. Um, Yeah. And I already do think that um, there's too much, there's too much excess in our lives, in my life. There's too many things that I'm like sold or told I need um, and that I buy into. There's, you know, I've got, debt that is not necessary and I just think that whole system is such a scam credit card debt and the interest rates like it doesn't make any sense to me there's no love in that in the system um banking it's just all horrible and just trying to sap the lives out of people and I just want out um I want out of that like I really want to feel more not in control but I just want to have a bit more freedom with um with my time with my choices without having the fear like looming over me um that you know i've got to keep plugged into the system so right so it'll still be using the tools of the system which is money and like you know i don't know if the markets crash i could lose everything but it's honestly it's the best it's the best that i can do because money is still the system that i'm going to be you know using 
So it's the best that I can see for now. So what do you see being available for you in retirement or when you don't need to work for money that isn't available now? The, f- the fear of um, not being able to generate money. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, that, that's probably the biggest one. Just like the example I gave about like if I get sick for an extended period of time, yeah. I know that that means I'm not going to have a good... In, in a month, it's just going to be horrible. What's the difference between having... Um, let's say 200,000 rand in savings yeah. and still working so that if you have a hard month, you have something to draw from. Um, is that, so I, I like the idea of not needing to work at all. So I'm not still working. The point is not to, not to need to work. So having 200,000 rand in savings, but working because I don't want to stop and just like deplete that 200,000 rand is still being trapped in, in, or being in a system that I don't want. So I don't like waking up. And if I don't feel like it, I need to work. I still need to work. Do you not see the value in that? Or like in the, or do you see, I'm do not you see, saying that I don't want to have that 200,000 rand on the side. I'm saying that's not the answer. I think, uh-huh. and I, what I meant was, do you not see the value? I, is there a value in, in, discomfort a level of discomfort a level of fearfulness a level of um forced structure that you might lose if you were retired what do you think about that uh yes but but it would be nice to plug all of those the the disciplines that i've learned from um being under capitalism's scaly grip to the fun things so making travel a chore making learning languages you know a task making you know all the things that i want to do like fashion school or sewing or mm. whatever my hobbies are pottery making that you know in a timetable as a chore knowing that these are the things that i want to do that bring me joy therefore that i need to do to enjoy existence because when i do nothing i spiral and uh, want to exit um so applying those applying the mm. disciplines to the things that i love and therefore forcing myself to experience more to expand more to engage differently with other people etc yeah i see that so i'm saying that work doesn't need to be i don't need to be doing work in order to have the disciplines i can apply the disciplines to fun okay i think that's where not for you per se but for people that where i would disagree i feel like total freedom is as bad as total slavery I think when you don't, I think a level of structure, which comes from yeah, a bit of discomfort, like a bit of resistance, a yeah. bit of a bit of having to be forced to do things keeps people moving. But I think when you have one or the other, they can really immobilize you. And I, and I wonder, I just don't know if we haven't applied disciplines in our lives when we don't have what we consider the ideal situation. I just wonder if we we've even had the training to think to to be able to when we do have the ideal situation no we we have we don't and we we, then we don't have the training and that's kind of why that's why i alluded to this like ideal different situation grass green on the other side like i know that it's necessary now in my life now to start implementing the things that i think make me happy and and they and have schedules for my sewing and my socializing and Mm. meeting friends and so on and so forth so that when when those um, situations do expand, when I do have more time to do these things, I know how to handle it better. Okay. So luckily I have, so working for myself and working from home has afforded me the time to, to not schedule my life and to push work like all as far as possible and then have swathes of free time that I've kind of silently gone a bit mad in. Mm. And it's shown me that. And it's shown me how much I don't enjoy um, not having purpose in my own life 
And I mean, yeah, not being purposeful with my life. Let me say it that way. Yeah. I've, yeah, yeah I've, I've been thinking about that. I mean, I think, I think we've said it, oh, I've said it before, like as much as capitalism, of course, is a hellscape, I think I personally would appreciate some kind of uh, level of oppressive structure because through that, do you, through a level of oppression, can I in, like envisage freedom? Mm. Through a level of discomfort, am I pushed to want more for myself? Through being forced to do a couple of things, do I realize what I would do if I weren't? And mm. I think that contrast, their levels, yeah. So I think that contrast at my intersection is useful mm-hmm. and I kind of wonder with fire yeah I think I, I've started to appreciate the contrast I do like a bit of discomfort and I yeah. and I that yeah so I think maybe it sounds like in your head um once fire is achieved it's this like free floating bubble of space and time where people have no pressures but remember that fire is achieved through frugality and that is hard and the people don't then, once they reach fire, go into opulence. They've calculated their living according to... They, they've established a way of living that is frugal, but ple- but pleasant. Um, so it's not... <laughs> It's not as good, I think, as our lives are right now oh, with, with the excess that we have. Really? Yeah, and I think the... Con- and for me, the confusion of excess. Um, oh, my but, God. But, but what is... From what I've seen, what is appealing is... It is the freedom of time and the means, the means within that freedom of time, like the means to do what they want. So it it doesn't, they don't go from like pauper to, to king. It's, it's just, they, they don't have to work anymore with that time. So I they see. still, they still, you know, take their recycling, their recycled bags to the shopping mall and they still don't buy more clothes than they need. And they still don't, you know, they don't splurge. Okay. And, yeah. So it's slavery light. Yes, it's slavery light and okay. it's just a different form. And actually, and saying all of that, I honestly think that we are supposed to push back and that that um, contrast is necessary for good life. I know I sound like a very different person because I didn't believe this <laughs> a few episodes ago. Um, maybe even at the beginning of this episode, but but uh, it's kind of clicking to me. Um, and Abraham Hicks talks a lot about this, but that contrast is necessary for for life for you to realize what you do want for you to realize what is good what serves you and that no matter what structure we were under or we would be under there would be oppression in capitalism we know what the oppression is in communism believe me you you can imagine i'm sure what the oppressions would be um if we went back to traditional communal um systems like the family system um you know in the village and so on and so there is oppression because there has to be a hierarchy. There has to be an order of what needs to be done. You can't just do whatever you want. You've got to go dig, honey. Go dig. Make sure that the spinach grows. Otherwise, people don't eat. Go mill the wheat so that people can have bread. Like, there are systems. Um, If it's the utopic Atlantean system where, you know, everything is being run by crystals and we all have, uh, we tapped into our higher powers and stuff. Still, there has to be a system so that so that there can be order and progress. No matter what alternative, there will be oppression. There is oppression and it is for contrast because contrast helps us to vision, envision progress for ourselves, a better life for ourselves 
and to move through and it makes our experience richer. And that's what you're saying. When there is no contrast and when there is no structure, people devolve and they, you know, they, they lose it. And there's no like life loses its flavor because there is no appreciation because there has been no, no lack or limitation. So, Mm. so I think maybe that's also why I'm not saying we should agree with capitalism or the system we're under, but villainizing it as if, if only there was no capitalism, it would all be better, I think is dangerous and, and silly in a sense, maybe silly is being a bit rude, um, but it's, it's not very helpful because one, we might never d- dismantle it. And two, when we do, there will be another oppressive structure right there waiting. Kondo, aren't you proud of me? Wasn't that like really deep? It, fe- it felt like a word that came from nowhere. It was a word. Praise me. Uh, well done. I'm cr- uh, congrats. Congrats for that. No, I think that tied in nicely. Your comment in the beginning of, you know, people go on about capitalism. Yeah. This has expanded on that. I think yes. that needed a, a level of expansion that wasn't there. So I'm happy. <laughs> oh, well, no. You always that, find a way to roast me when I'm brilliant, <laughs> when I'm shining. Thank you for that. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think we need to address human nature more than any system. Yeah. So, like, I do find it interesting that we, the focus on Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Bezos, 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 whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's suppression either. I'll way. call him Jeff Burger. The the because I don't want his bots oh. sift through this and then literally kill us. But it's too late now. Jeff Burger. I think um Yeah, I don't know. I think I really believe change happens through a level of personal accountability. Yeah. On all the way up to the top of the hierarchy, all the way down. Uh I don't believe that it starts at a level and goes up. That it's only from white middle class men who assist het up no i think it's absolutely every single person um and i think i understand that there's but it's so much fun to hate jeff carry on yeah me i don't hate him i actually i don't i don't really know him anyhow do you think he got his billions through hard work kidding (laughs) carry on make your make your point i'd like to chat to him yeah i'm quite interested like i'm interested that he doesn't why he doesn't hate himself, like how he's managed. I think we hey, all live... Mukundra, are what? you serious? Yeah, I'm always interested in how people don't hate themselves. Like, how do you not hate yourself? Oh, but I. who said I don't? This There's a level of t- self-loathing, oh. yeah. Mm. There is a level of disgust when I think about all the ways... Like now I'm saying personal accountability and the fact that like I'm, again, wearing clothes from sweatshops, I'm supporting slavery, I'm... The it's disgusting. Glitter, the glitter in your nail polish is killing the planet. All of it. It's revolting. So there's a level of self-loathing that that you avoid by not thinking about these things. And I wonder if he just does that too. And he just does hood rat shit with his friends who are all just like him. And so mm. in the same way I avoid my self-loathing through not thinking, he probably does too, as well as everybody else. And that's how everything keeps going because we all avoid thinking about how we plug in and don't take personal responsibility about the ways we can plug out. Um, yes, but what was I trying to say about... Oh, yeah, I think that was the point anyhow, yeah. is that personal accountability and, you know, is kind of missing. And I think I agree with you. Personal accountability is, it's the whole point of the whole thing. I, I really think that, yes, we're here as a collective, but the only power that we have is over the individual, which is ourselves. And only through that can the collective um, progress. And I don't say be better. I just mean progress because I honestly think it will for the, for until the end of time will be a work in progress. We will all be a work in progress. Um, humanity always, 
But I also think accountability means being like, yeah, I know I'm part of the issue and I don't care. That's ah, fine. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. just know it and, and, and keep it pushing. That's absolutely yeah. fine. I think we do need to pick struggles. Somebody asked me about something the other day. I think we have to pick our struggles. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's why, and coming back to like your nail polish, like you can't, and that's it. You can't fight every struggle. Um, well, you could try, but I won't. There's a complacency. There's a level of complacency. I like being comfortable. You won't succeed though. Every aspect of your existence is hurting, harming, helping. So there's, there's, and in trying to fight everything, you don't make any progress or help the, I believe, or help the collective. And you actually do become a drain on the system. So there's no point How in... How do you become a drain on the system? Well, what, what do you mean? because if you stop doing everything in order to not hurt anyone, um, you you still need to eat. You still need to, to live and so on and so forth. There's no way... And even... There's no way your existence cannot impact, basically. And Yeah, but there's a sustainable rate of replenishment. Like, just walk into the bush... If you if you're in Africa, walk go onto the highway, look around you. There's going to be bush that's not owned by anyone. Walk into there, <laughs> clear the land, and 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 put your potatoes in there. You can live at a rate where replenishing is but at the same rate as you're using. I don't. You just choose not, and that is fine. No, but where do you poo? Where do you pee? Hey, like all of those things. You dig a hole. Your poo. There's a cycle. If you look at, there is such a beautiful cycle that happens in nature. You will be fine. You don't need a grave. But you need space to poo. You can't just poo in the same. Oh yes, like in your same two. It's meters. a replenishing rate. If I'm pooing in the, if I'm pooing outside, the rate at which I'm pooing versus the rate at which the earth can absorb that and the, the all the cute little ants and bugs and butterflies can eat that is all balanced. <laughs> it's all balanced. Like when we lived outside, when we didn't live in these cardboard boxes, it was balanced. But even some... then, like when we were living outside, um, we still had our communities and our structures and someone had to take charge and decide what had to happen. Yeah. And um, they had to make some people happy and some people not. And, yeah. and uh, so there's there's just always, it goes back to contrast for me. There's just always contrast. Oh, there is. And I think I'm just talking about, you always have a choice. There's no such thing as there's no choice. There is a choice. Yeah. And even if it's death by being sustainable, that's a choice. So yeah. you have one. And even in that death, someone's going to have to bury you. Or not find not you necessarily. Or... That's also a choice. There are also people that love you. They will be impacted by you. Yes. There's, so there's always, there's no matter always what impact. you do. There's o- yes, there's always impact is what I'm trying to say. There is always impact, but so there are levels. In life or death. Yeah, there's always impact. So okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saying one should do everything and try to dismantle everything. I'm saying, don't think you can't try. You can, oh. <laughs> and you can die trying. That is a tr- People do it all the time. Activists do it all the time, die trying, which is why we're here. A lot of us brown people are here. So you can die trying. You just don't want to because you want to be comfortable. And that's okay. I, You will not see me. I'm going to pick up arms once all of you pick up arms. I will join the race war once all of you join the race war. I'm not being the first person to, to pick up a machete. Once we all do it, I will join. But I'm not going to put it, leave join? my comfort. Yes, I will. I, for the I, race war. For the race war, you will? Yes, I, I will join I the will race be, war. Oh, maybe I'll quietly. I'm not going to I will join the race the war. I need, we need a purge. I Of who? A, a purge of our emotions. The over... Like... I'm just mad. Like, there's a silent madness that yeah. happens in every brown person... And we need a purge. So what do, what does that mean, Mukunda? I'm not going to fill in the blanks. People are going to say now nah, I was threatening them. <laughs> I'm not going to fill in those blanks. I said what I said. 
Okay, I'm doing the psychological work on the end, the counseling, because, you know, counseling. Darling, it's kill, when it's kill or be killed? You know that. When Josh bursts through the room <laughs> with an AK, what are you going to do? Um, You know where my home village is? There's a little island. Yeah, Joker. The racehorse, so you wouldn't participate. Okay, if it was like this. 500,000 500, black people. Because what if the others are stronger and they're right? No, they were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Um, actually, uh, the Russians sent us some arms. Like, we've got this. We're good. The we've Russians got... back everybody. Yeah, okay. they've sent us some machetes and some firearms. Um, this is your turn. And if you want to purge, launches. purge. Um, this is all getting cut I out of the I'll, purge. I'll because I just know why people are going to get so overwhelmed. It's like, oh my God, they threatened us. <laughs> now look, our patron's going to fall. I know. Now we have no... <laughs> I told you guys we don't have the manpower. Okay. But let's discuss... I want to discuss emotional intelligence in the workplace and what yeah. we expect from it. Yeah. Because for those of us who aren't going to do fire or can't, or for whatever reason can't do or won't, and we, will, uh, we are opting for the workplace, how do we make that more pleasant? <laughs> so let's just read some stats really quick. So I asked people, which do you want more? Mukundo, I must say your questions also back people into a corner. No, they don't. They do. And I'll tell you what my problem with that question. Anyway, you read your questions and I'll tell you what my problems are. They don't. I'll tell you why they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Which do you want more? More time and less money or more money and less time? So split down the middle really, but 55% of people said more money, less time. (laughs) Then. Because there wasn't an option for more money, more time. That's what I want. What's fascinating about you. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) really roast you voters. And then I said, do you make a good employee? 85% 85% said yes. What do you know for sure when it comes to career or how you want to make money? I know what I want to do for sure or I know what I don't want to do for sure. Mm. 73% of people said they know what they don't want to do for sure. Mm. I relate to that. Your ideal situation as a permanent employee would be part-time or full-time. 65% said full-time. Ideal. S- sorry, 65% said part-time. Oh. So that's essentially... They probably mean part-time, full pay. Yes, part-time full pay. Yeah. Which one would you prefer, freelancing or employment? 65% said freelancing. I think 65% don't know what freelancing I'm means. I'm so sorry, right? guys. 65% said employment. Oh, okay, that makes sense. My, comp- my reading comprehension um, is a thing. And then I asked people, <laughs> what would make you... Mukundra, you are the problem with the revolution. Is that like, like, you're going to read out the wrong so stats. And we'll invade Zambia instead Literally. of... Instead like, of like Zurich. Zurich, exactly. What would make work more tolerable for you? Someone said being paid a million dollars a second. I agree. A million? <laughs> I think my time's no, worth it. Not a second, not it. a second. A million dollars a minute. You or even an hour. It. Like, it's just too much. <laughs> there's a point at which it's too much. And I think that's why Jeff Bezos is going crazy. Like, there's just, there's a point at which... I think we should have enough. That's what I liked about the idea of communism. Enough is really good. Too much gets... Uh... I think we need to research. I think people I think people think the contrast to capitalism is communism. I just think we need to Google a bit further. Because I don't think... When you say we, do you mean me? Um, no, I think anyone who... Even me, when I talk about... Yeah, communism. Yeah. I just think I need to Google that a little bit more. Yeah. I, I know I know nothing. I just... I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone said, if I didn't have to go in, that would make work uh, better. If I didn't have to do it at all. Doing less of it, more money. I want to be paid like Jeff Bezos. If there was no position of power, taking naps at work, to be passionate about work would make it better. Taking naps at work um, is a big thing and it's really good for you. What was the last point you said? Thanks for that, Science. (laughs) More time off, shorter work days or weeks. 
That I agree with as well. And I think Sweden, one of these like the most progressive countries that also have and the unhappiest yeah, population countries. are doing loneliest. loneliest. No, they're happy. They're just lonely. They're happy. Okay. <laughs> However they... that works. <laughs> um, yeah. I think they're doing that where they're moving towards a four day work week or something like yeah. that. Someone said flexible schedule, remote work. If it was my life's calling or purpose, it would make it easier. Mm. A boss who cares less about money and more about. They would staff be... well-being. They'd be fired. If my boss just stopped showing up, freedom to be creative, positive and friendly relationships with colleagues, mm. a challenge. The mundaneness makes me sick. Different company culture, nap breaks and free snacks, being acknowledged for the hard work I put in, having something to take pride in, mm. being able to have mental health days off, higher pay. Everyone said higher, or a lot of people said more money, higher pay, not being unpaid for over 95% of what I do, listen to music. I wonder if... Hmm. I wonder if the whole system has just um, like everyone wants more pay and why aren't people being paid enough? Like, hmm. Oh, because it's, um, I mean, I think that's just how that works, right? Slavery. Yeah. You just get more, there's just much more of a margin. Hmm. Okay. If you had a business. I just think so. So therefore we, we don't really, we'll never know our worth because the system is so skewed at the offset anyway or so unfair so i'll never know if i'm being if this is good i've just i've just settled on a rate with you know a new client that i've got and i and i'm keep wondering are they screwing me over is oh this they actually are good? but but how do oh, i know oh, that did you but, know what i mean like but at you, what point would i be screwing not screwing them over at what yeah. point would it be fair that's it's an interesting thing so when in the work i do there's a lot of salary negotiations um that i oversee and it's like so much of it is arbitrary and based on your race and your gender mm. and also your where you're from, like country-wise, how people perceive you to ask for what you want to earn. And essentially there's some correlation up to a point where you provide value and you get money. The rest of it is if you're white and a man and if you're attractive and like tall mm. and you're impressive, you'll just get that money and no one will question you um, versus if you're not. And so... Someone else asked, I put some rates on when I was doing a, a voiceover. <laughs> I quoted somebody per word just to make it, okay, I quoted somebody a dollar per word um, three months ago. And then they came back, they're like, hi, I actually need your services. I was like, okay, it's $2.50 $2. for a word. And they're like, no, 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 you said one. And I said, yeah. And now I said 2.5, my rates are my rates. So there's no rhyme or reason. I've just decided. <laughs> and I say that to people now. And that offends people that there's no kind of add and value. But I just think there doesn't have to be. Mm. why should there be everything is arbitrary and i'm charging this if you don't like it, you don't have to buy mm. um so i think for you i think the difference with your situation is you are still benefiting mm. you calculated ultimately what you'd get out of it mm. are you getting a low rate definitely it's nearly half or more than half below industry standard but you've worked out you're you're both managing each other's bluff like mm. you're acting like it's a favor but truly you would really like that money and you're willing to do that work mm. so oh true okay yeah there's a silent tug of war there. Yeah. Because I think once they know you're in a weaker position, then it's like, oh, oh they will then call you bluff. Oh, if it's too little for you, you know, we can always work together when we have a budget. And you're yeah. like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Huh? Yeah. Then now, huh? Your hand's been shown. I know. <laughs> Negotiations are hectic. They're hectic. That, that happened to me recently where I quoted a client um, $1,500 for an audiobook, And they were like, no, we only have $300. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, man. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Like I, for a job I did, 
I asked for a thousand. So I asked for how much? Let's say 16,000 rand. And they're like, okay, cool. Then I was like, oh, oops, I actually mean 17,000. I didn't um, calculate that I'm out of the house and I need petrol. Sorry, no, you have to add value for that extra one. Th- so it's like once you set a number, uh, people yeah. expect you to add tangible value. Yeah. Not for any reason, but that they can ask for that. Mm. And so I just feel like with salary negotiations, there is a difference between like your market rate and your worth as a person mm. you're worth a million a second yes your market rate is not that as someone with one year of graphic design experience mm. this is your band but i also think i would play around and demand and also just lie mm. i'm a really big fan of lying on your cv of embellishing things it is a crime at least in south africa um to do that but i just do what you need to do <laughs> end of the day everything's a crime just what's sanctioned by the state that's true right With workplaces, so it's interesting, all these things that people have asked for are very doable. It is very doable to pay people a little bit more. It is doable for people to have naps, to go into their car and have a nap, or just provide a pause room, Yeah. Um, to have a mental health day. And I think what makes work really confusing is that the, a lot of employers would sooner stick to arch- archaic historical structures because they assume, oh, for whatever reason, they haven't thought about it. It's that syndrome of, it was that way for us, it's that way for you, you're a lazy millennial. When it's like, you know, if I worked four days, I'd be much more productive than I worked five. Mm. With one of those days being me being like tired, unwell, having a bad mental health day. You know, I'd be more productive if I, if I got one day working from home. And so I could actually go to the bank, do my groceries. Because in three hours, I got done what I get done in eight at the office. Like that's just not entertained much. And I think that's really frustrating. A lot of us don't want to work, but there are also a lot of us who are saying, um, I understand the realism of my situation. I have to work, but make it help me help you. When yeah. I'm happy and healthier, I actually do more. Would you believe it? Yeah. You know? Um, and that's just exhausting. I think there's like it's there's this kind of panic or this frantic energy within the current structure where employers don't work structure you said you use structure a lot to so work structure. so structure nuance <laughs> capitalism <laughs> throw it all out throw it all out <laughs> so within the way uh, employment works mm. um is that there's just there's no trust between employers and employees or so little nor that should they be to be honest that's i think the level at which we all rub each other that and that's <laughs> the problem like if that could be reset a little like i've worked in places where um the it really has been more outcome based and it's just been better. Like where there's just been a bit more flexibility and I want to give more when I feel like I'm getting more. And I think this, like um, the need for the employers to watch over their employees and make sure um, that people are, are getting the work done is quite mm. archaic. And it's very much of our like parents generation where you had to show up and be in the space to be productive. Mm. Whereas now we have the technology to be more productive where we're comfortable, as you say, like, I think that the mentality or the psyche around employment hasn't shifted with the technology mm. um, as much as it should and could. Um, and therefore, and I think then also employers believe they believe the, the way they're treated. So they believe the, the lie that that um, perpetuates that they, that they, that they're not productive unless their boss is around, you know, mm. when the cat's away, the mm. mi- the, that the mice will play that kind of thought on. And, um, that, yeah, that, that, w- I, yeah. Anyway, it mm. just, it, it's just, it's kind of like it all eats itself. What's that? You know, the way to say it anyway. 
Like self-cannibalizing? Yeah, I was going to say self-fulfilling prophecy, but that's not what it is. <laughs> My God, I think mine is more... <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah, because as this trust first yeah. by the workplace yeah we resort to robbing the workplace it's the chicken and the egg though ever since no the, no no before, it started with the workplace no Has but to before have. we enter the work okay yeah i feel it did because you create the structures you underpay me you if i'm 15 minutes late to clock in you dock payment off me but when if i, I work 30 minutes later there's it's unpaid yeah if I catch up on the weekend. So it's like, no, you set that precedent. Yeah. And what's interesting is these like henchmen, these handmaidens of these corporations, like you don't get paid. You no more money's put in your bank for treating me badly mm. or for not being gentle. Like nothing changes for you. Actually, it's not your business either. You know, well, yes, it is. But they think that the only way to get productivity is by being mean and you know authoritarian that's bizarre. and inflexible when has that ever worked maybe for the boomers that's the thing yeah but the, yeah this it was for our parents generation not for us so i yeah because our parents generation they stayed if it was bad they stayed if it's bad we leave hey quick quickly we just don't report in one day yeah <laughs> so i wrote that i watched people work i watched people at work scurrying around and stressing themselves and everyone else sorry I watch people at work. Should I read it? No. I really think you're I know my reading. I watch people at work scurrying around and stressing themselves and everyone else. And I'm like, am I the crazy one for not caring that much? <laughs> for not caring that much? Or are there the... Cl- <laughs> Can I read it for you? <laughs> oh, man. My comprehension. There's no, I have to make it through. <laughs> am I the crazy one for not caring that much? Or are they the clowns for excelling at something so meaningless? Don't our bosses know it's not that deep? We're all digging, we're all ants digging up sand and replacing it to dig it up again. Why doesn't work ever end? Why is it legal to sit for so long? Why does any of it matter? Like who actually cares? Also realizing so much of work is looking, is so much of work is about looking productive, not being productive. It's about being perceived to work hard and to care than actually caring. So since work insists on all of us playing games, let's share tips on how to bamboozle management into thinking you're invaluable. This must have been the f- the most fun quiz that you've done for me. That wasn't even a quiz. <laughs> Darling, you know, that's, I'm going to get you quizzes. I have a word for you guys who vote. You need to stop trying me. Also, I'm going to start voting as a white, as a male now and a white. <laughs> my tip, my tip is to draft admin emails during normal hours and then send them out before work or after work. So it looks like you're working overtime. Yeah. Like just send them at 6am or send them at like 8pm. So it looks like, wow, she's dedicated. But just draft them in the normal day. Yeah. Someone else says crying on the job. Just crying and explaining that you're stressed. This works for them. It does. And everyone can tap into um, tears. That's crazy. I love it. It's not crazy. It's brilliant. Someone else said, um, <laughs> make people think you're always a little bit stressed. So that they seem like, it seems yeah. like you're invested. Like just always seem a bit stressed. That is such a good tip. Literally. Ask white people questions you already know the answer to to make them feel special. And also to let them know you know or that you're thinking about things because they're the ones that will complain. You know, I don't think Mukundra really cares. I'm so dead. Adopt your manager's gestures and words and use them back at them whenever they you explain Ooh, your work. That so is it seems- so clever. <laughs> yes. Carry an iPad around if available instead of a phone. It looks more official like you're actually doing work. <laughs> you're just WhatsApping your aunties. This is so funny. Glasses with your eyeballs painted on them so you can sleep. <laughs> this person's not serious. Is it possible to block that person? 
No, I love them. <laughs> They're my queen. That's so interesting. Compile a list of grievances so that there's something to talk about when it's time for review. You also have things to say back. <laughs> Pretend everything's very challenging all the time. Make spreadsheets because those seem really official. Yeah. Whenever you get the chance, tell your bosses and coworkers every single thing you've been doing. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and that's not even a, a funny thing. Yeah. That's what I see men do in the workplace. They like just tell all you about the time. Any single thing you've been doing. And I mean, men, all races, everything, everything. They always talk about the small, small things, the things that are in their job description that are the most basic. They go on and on about them. Eat lunch at your desk while catching up with the news. Someone said, um, just glaze over. When people are talking about you, just plan shopping lists. Just essentially try to do things with your brain time. And someone else, this is the craziest one. This is my African queen. She said... Watch Netflix, but keep your hands on the keyboard so that it seems like you're always poised. You're like thinking of an email, but just watch Netflix. (laughs) This person's Kenyan. I'm sorry. I have to say shout out to Kenyans. Good morning to Kenyans only. Honestly, Kenyans, I'm obsessed. Look what you've done. The prize goes to Kenyans. We need to learn. When the revolution, when the dust dies down from the revolution, this is we're becoming Kenyan. Yeah, Yeah. one, we're going to become Kenyan. We'll just walk across the border. No one's going to know. Yeah, I'm learning Swahili tomorrow. I think next I'll be Kenyan or maybe Nigerian. But you, oh, so we're done with the white middle-aged man. Oh, the Australian. You wanted I kind to of have that figured out. As a white middle-aged Australian. Yes, my next life. No, I, I think that's... I think you've lived a lot of it There's not that now. much mysterio around them. I actually think it's just... Like, I'm, I, I, I really got bamboozled. Last week, I had the biggest crush on this guy. <laughs> Let's talk about love. Let's actually end off <sighs> so, with love. You're talking about love. Let's oh talk my about God. love. And I really thought he was just pensive and... Really considering me, hey. There was nothing there. There was nothing happening. I think he asked me the same question, I don't know how many times. I said, oh. Okay. I feel it's a red. If somebody forgets what I do, yeah. after I've told them and I have a crush on them, and they're like, well, what do you do? Um, I do voiceover. Oh, yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. They're not interested. Red flag. Why do you think you didn't know from right then? Well, because he was staring into my eyes unblinkingly and smiling. So he was doing what he, he was using he was being- his organs to yeah. look at you yes. that, like is socially he normal was basically being a human like most women are they have to pay attention and smile um he was being a human he was being a good woman and <laughs> and you were like fuck this is a marriage like, proposal i think i love you <laughs> Jeez, louise man uh, let's launch into love man we are gonna pick that thread up in another episode i'm very i have questions about this about like us projecting onto partners yeah um being willfully ignorant, like just willing ourselves to believe we see one thing when it's another. Yeah. And how do we know? Like, how do we trust ourselves with this kind of thing with romance and love? So wow. I think we should pick this up. I want to dedicate some time to your could have been king. Alrighty, girls and gays. Stay safe. Wash your hands and your legs if you want to, but just wash your hands for sure, please. Don't touch your mouth and your eyes or other people's mouths and eyes. Yeah. If you don't want to touch, I touch my face all the time. So I'm starting to wear foundation so that I, you know, yeah, that's like a, a nice hack. I'm kind of excited for the OCD-ness of like 
gloves, hand sanitizer, sanitizing wipes. Yeah, and the difference is people wiping all the perceive you as dirty when you have the mask or you have the gloves. Rather That's than not my problem. Then they, they can go get corona problem. and sit in the hospital for, for three weeks. No, no, it is your problem. No, I don't care. You don't care, but how you perceive matters. I don't give a, I don't care about how they perceive me. Who are they? They're not paying my rent. When they pay my rent, then they can perceive me and I will care. There you have it. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. Well, have Be a good safe. week. Yeah. Happy Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Thank you for your input. To everyone but the people who are stockpiling toilet paper. No, well, this is... Okay, I did have a question about that. Like, yeah. would you... Everyone stockpiling toilet paper. Would you rather be with the crowd or not? With the crowd. There you go. So if you're stockpiling <laughs> toilet paper, do you boo? And thank God, your bum will thank you. <sighs> I, and keep stock... I would say keep stockpiling, but realize your madness. But don't be the one that's left out now. That's why I stockpile I just, water, Mukundra. I... Yeah, Honestly, I it's for the you. same reason. It's that <laughs> it's so that I re- recognize the madness. But if everyone around me is mad, then I am mad for not protecting. It's myself. just unkind. I understand. It's just unkind. There are people who can't get there as fast. Like not everyone can get leave off work the time that they're putting toilet paper back on the shelves. Now they've had to add rations in some shops. You can only okay, have for a day. They're selling for hundreds of dollars one loo roll online. So I think um, capitalizing are they on really? people. Yes, that's happening. Not they, okay, they meaning private sellers. People are buying oh toilet paper and reselling each roll for hundreds, if not thousands. Um, oh, I, I think, didn't know that was, that's bad. Yeah, I just think our barbarism jumps out really quickly at the slightest, at just the slight, really? Like a 2% death and we're really acting like this? So what next? Things are going to get real, real quickly. Yeah. Over and above coronavirus. And if this yeah. is how we're behaving now, it truly is over. I need to get a gun. Well, I'm wa- getting a gun. Water's the next war, my darling. Well, I'm getting a gun. I'm getting a license. Okay. P- black gals both. with guns. Google black women with guns. I love those stock images. <laughs> On that <laughs> profound note, my girls and gays. Me and my gun say have a good Sunday, Monday. Have a great week. And me and my crystals say keep it safe. You can find us on Instagram. The link is, I said what I said, podcast. I-S-W-I-S podcast. Not ISIS. Then we also have a Facebook group. And if you like this episode or any of our episodes, if you love our work, tip us on PayPal. The link is in the description box. And it is my birthday in two weeks. You can send me money. I'm really going to try. Yeah, you can send Mukunda private money for her birthday. I'm really <laughs> going to try and be responsible with the I said what I said money. And do what with it? It's not just going to go to shoes for you, Mukunda. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe a new stand for my what mic. What do you mean by... <laughs> anyway, we'll discuss that idea as well. Yes. We, I'm, I want us to discuss... Oh God, we're not ending this episode. We're ending, we're ending, we're ending. Bye. Bye.